Good afternoon. This is H.T. Webster, and this is episode 17 of my podcast, Shared Consequences, season one. <clears throat> For new listeners, uh, I ask that you'll go back and listen to these in the order that they're recorded uh, so that you can follow along uh, the path that we're taking. But as I said prior, you're grown. You can do whatever the hell you want. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, the, the right message for you will be in whatever one you're listening listening to. So I just appreciate appreciate your ears. Clearly, I just got out of work. It's Friday. I had a fuck week. It's been insane. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm happy to be home. Um, so my sister had a great idea. So at the beginning and end of each podcast, I'm going to give you some uh, crisis line information for all. Uh, what did we say we we're going to call ourselves? <clears throat> Functional survivors out there. Okay. Uh, if you need the crisis line in Broome County, New York, the call line is 722-4256. And if you need uh, the text line, they have a text line now too. So um, if you're not able to make a vocal call, you can text for help. And that is 607-725-8196. And the suicide hotline, national suicide hotline is 800-273-8255. So, um, I'll revisit those uh, when I close at the end of this episode. All right. <clears throat> so I promised you all a timeline. So I'm going to do the best that I can here for you. Um, David E. Curtis uh, began his career by going to Seton Hall College in 1972, um, where he earned a master's of teaching certificate. And he finished his undergrad work at Parsons College. Um, I guess he also used to fly Cessnas, at least according to him in one of the articles I found, like never fucking knew that, but that's a little scary. You can fly all over the world and pick up children anywhere you choose, but I don't, who the fuck even knows, knows if that's true. So <clears throat> he served as a principal, um, in March of 1975 for two years at Wallen Paul Pack. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. That's a uh, Lake Wallen Paulpack, Pennsylvania, where he was a principal for two years. Prior to that, he held social studies teaching positions in Kinnelon and Boonton, New Jersey. Uh, he was from South Orange, New Jersey. Uh, so it looks like he had two teaching jobs prior to the principal position <clears throat> in Wallen Paulpack, PA. Okay. Um, so now, so that's two years in 75, he's there. Then in 77, he ends up as vice principal in Bernardsville, New Jersey. So that raises a huge red flag to me at this time now. Um, why do you go from being a principal to being a vice principal? Um, I'm not sure that that's the career path. I, I don't, the problem with these um, articles is, you know, they're so old that there's not really a lot of other uh, research that I can put into them. Uh, there's not many digital files, obviously, uh, because of their age, but little red flag to me. So you're gonna be a principal and then you're gonna be a vice principal. Who the fuck wants to do that? But anyways, who knows? Um, to me, that means maybe something happened or something occurred. <clears throat> and of course I'm speculating at that point, but so he did basically take a demotive position. Okay. So then <clears throat> in, um, 
watching Hills, New Jersey in June of 78, he is, is he the vice principal over there? The principal. He may have, he may be a principal at this point. And I know this is a little hard to follow, but now he's in watching Hills Regional School in June of 78, where he creates a program called Resolve. That's the name of the program for wayward students. It's an after-school program without guidance counselors that wayward or lost souls can come speak to him and or other adults about their daily life struggles or whatever. <clears throat> so again, there he is placing himself in a position of power with the most vulnerable of, of, of the breed. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a tickle. Okay. So there he is placing himself in a position of power with the most vulnerable of the breed of students by creating this after-school program called Resolve, okay? That's June of 78. In January of 79, it says he vacates his post. Now this is where he's denied tenure and I believe denied tenure and um, gives a resignation, okay? Of course, no other information than that. Then <clears throat> he takes the position, Lucky, me, and the Chosen Ones, and John Doe, one through seven. That's how he ends up in Afton, New York, okay? So that's the timeline. So we've gone from place to place to place to place. Why? We could obviously only speculate at this point, but um, to me, it's just, you know, the old school mound of the cover-up. Just move him, move him, move him, and make him somebody else's problem. So there's the timeline for that. <clears throat> I'm going to skip now to part of the process of between the arrest and the trial. So the arrest date is October 4th of 1990, and um, which I mentioned was my mother's birthday, which I found quite interesting. So he was only given an appearance ticket, so it's not like he was remanded or put in jail or anything like that. He was also suspended um, during the investigation with full pay, full pay, okay? Now, I'm still trying to go to school in the midst of all this, you know, the trials looming um, somewhere in the distance in the near future, but I'm still trying to function as a, as a normal, at this point I'm 15, normal 15 year old child who's trying to pretend that the entire town of Afton and everybody in it does not know that it's me, but clearly they all do. So I told you about some of my problems with my locker and my eyeglasses and my books and, and you know every day it was a struggle I, went, I don't know how many locks I went through but then I just basically gave up at that point and uh, anyhow it's at this time that now he's not in the he's suspended from work he's not in the school okay he's still in the town 
but he's not working and I have I haven't seen him haven't heard from him etc I get a note handed to me from one of the John Doe's and on the note it says excuse me Booker mommy's working thank you so I get a note handed to me by one of the John Doe's one of his special boys and when I open the note it's from Curtis and it says I love you I still love you please call this number and there's an 800 number on the note so this guy went after his arrest created a 1-800 number which as I'm speaking out loud about this now I realize probably wasn't just for me since he gave it to one of the John Doe's they probably all had it too he somehow um, you know got that information to his special chosen kids so but one of the John Doe's hands me this paper with an 800 number that he has created so that we can still contact him and I will still call him so clearly <clears throat> I I'm still fractured don't forget I still fear that he's gonna blame me for this entire situation and that it's gonna everybody's gonna know that it's my fault that I seduced this man so I, I have a great fear of rejection but now I get this note that he says he loves me still loves me and he wants me to call him this is long before cell phones people okay so now I'm riding my bike after school over to the town where there's a laundromat in town basically hiding and I will go to the laundromat nights um, I did this several 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 nights and I would use the payphone to dial this 1-800 number because obviously I knew I didn't have to pay for it because it was an 800 number and I, I didn't want my parents to hear or, or to get caught and I didn't want him to get in any more trouble than he was so that's how we would communicate so I'm still calling him at this phone number and he's still telling me you know all of the what I know now to be lies that he was telling me before because he still wants me he still needs to be in a position of power because I think he felt if he could still control my emotions and convince me continue to convince me that this was a love affair gone wrong that I would not testify against him in court that's what I believe now um, <clears throat> of course I didn't realize that then it just fed into the fantasy and into the bubble protection that my brain had created for me to try to keep my mind and body together so that's just the beginning okay uh, we're talking October November December January and a lot happens in those four months and I'll get into more of that in the in the next episode but this was the beginning of the continuation of breaching breaching boundaries <clears throat> and his control over me 
to try and manipulate the situation that he was in. So basically, do you ever hear about that old um, parable, I think it is, about the frog in the pot that is in the pot and somebody just keeps turning the heat up little by little, little by little, until the frog is boiled and the frog has no idea that it's getting boiled? That's basically the situation I'm in. I'm the frog in the pot. Because I've already had my head in the lion's mouth, to use another uh, animalistic reference, but now I'm the frog in the pot because now he's got to do everything he can to keep me under his thumb. And as I told you all before, I do these organically, so you know I don't write anything down. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that now at the same time, that he probably gave that number to all of us because he he didn't want any of those kids to turn on him either you know so this was the way that he was able to keep <clears throat> that link to all of us to keep manipulating us to try to keep himself safe ballsy narcissistic beyond narcissistic huh Anyway, that's the timeline, and that's the, the beginning of the frog in the pot, and um, uh, it gets worse from there, and I'll, I'll tell you all about that in the next episode, but it's Friday. It's been a fucked week. I hope you guys all had a good week, and just remember that it's Friday. Remember to never, ever, 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 ever get up, give up. You can find your way out. 30 years later, you can still find your way out, okay? Uh, I'm going to end with those phone numbers uh, like my sister um, suggested. So again, if you need the crisis line in Binghamton, New York, it's 607-722-4256. That's the vocal line. If you're unable to speak and you need help, you can text them at 607-725-8196. And the suicide prevention hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Don't get stuck in that dark place, any of you, okay? I also want to take a shout out uh, to my friend V. You know who you are and uh, your support um, of my podcast and uh, the way our friendship uh, flourished from that is uh, very special to me and, and I thank you. And uh, maybe my instincts are coming back. I knew you were one of the good ones. So thanks, V. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk soon.